This is Nerd Podcast Radio, brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash nerdpodcastradio. We use the support of our patrons to bring you the best show we can. We also reward our patrons with bonus audio each week. If you would like to contact us, the best way to do that is our Nerd Podcast Radio Facebook page, where we share nerdy stuff and talk to our listeners. You can also reach us at brian.nerdpodcastradio at gmail.com, mike.nerdpodcastradio at gmail.com, erica.nerdpodcastradio at, you guessed it, gmail.com. It's not at, you guessed it, it's erica.nerdpodcastradio at gmail.com and anthony. it's a joke anthony doesn't have an email address you can also reach us on twitter at SuperVeganBrian, at NerdcasterMike, at CurseySmurfErica, and of course, at NerdcastRadio. Thanks for listening, everyone. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Nerd Podcast Radio, your nerd home away from home. Welcome to Nerd Podcast Radio. This is your host this morning, Super Vegan Brian, and I'm joined by my wonderful sister, Kirsty Smurf Erica. Welcome, Erica. Hello. <laughs> I wasn't prepared for that. <laughs> Why not? I don't know. <laughs> I feel like you should have been. How are you doing? Uh, you know, here, doing stuff. Well, adulting. Adulting sucks. I am going to have large amounts of background noise because I have a cat that is just harassing behind me. So and is that gonna... terrorizing and harassing at the same time? Terrassing? Well, you're going to hear the sound of very upset cat on the recording because um, Heather grabbed her by the scruff and put her in the put her in the bathroom. Ooh, Heather putting yeah. a smack down on Momo. Yeah, she's the disciplinarian. Oh, really? I wouldn't yeah. Care. Yeah, we have we that have was sarcasm. We have lots of cat stuff going on because we still have the war between my cat and her cat. Yeah, that's gonna take years to resolve itself, by the way. Yeah, my cat has turned around and become the dominant part of the conflict. At first it was Heather's giant cat chasing my cat around and now it's the giant cat is terrified of the little cat. <laughs> Momo's personality just pushed her over the edge. Well, she was really scared of her at first, and then she figured out that she can be more scary. Mm. Also, you know, Heather's cat's not used to a cat standing up to her. Mm. So, um, Michael is camping. Mm -hmm. Anthony is in some other dimension. We, We don't know which one. He's just lost every recording weekend for a while. And then and then he just shows up out of nowhere. And we don't know if it's really him or an evil twin. Um, I mean, it could be an evil twin, but I mean, it would, it seems to be very Anthony-like unless he's trying to like position himself like really deep so that we feel like he's Anthony and then just all of a sudden turn on us. Cause that's kind of what evil twins do. Yeah. Yeah. I would know. <laughs> Why do we always have to talk about Byron? I'm well, I don't, it's not like he gets summoned by mentioning his name. Well, yeah, I think he's like banished to the other dimension now, but still, that's, ugh. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, Brian, when you have multiple people tell you that you were somewhere that you weren't, or you said something that you didn't, I feel like we have to, we have to accredit that being as a true person. It did happen a lot for a long period of time. Yeah. <laughs> It did. It did. It's because it was real. And anyone that had... doesn't believe that that you have like that some sort of spiritual doppelganger can occur, you were wrong. You were just flat wrong. <laughs> well, I am half German, and that's where the whole doppelganger living ghost thing came from. I mean, that's where like the term was coined, but it's been around for thousands and thousands of years. Yeah. Um, Heather... Heather mentioned something the other day that made me think that she had a Byron sighting, but she didn't. What? Well, she was like, my phone said you were in Clackamas, and I waved at you. And I was like, I never went to Clackamas. What's Clackamas? It's a town, but I hadn't gone anywhere that day. Hmm. No, I think that's just your phone being weird. Yeah. Or there's, right. a, there's a doppelganger clone of the phone. No, that's not how that works. <laughs> that's just that's not how it works. 
so, anyways, are we going to play everybody's favorite game, What's Nerdy With You? We are. Um, in What's Nerdy With You, our host shared nerdiest thing this week when there's only two of us, specifically Brian and Erica. We just share nerdy things we did. We don't bother voting at the end. Um, so, um, what was nerdy with you this week? Uh, I had a couple things. <clears throat> so, my nerdiest thing this week is I got the most awesome present from my dad ever. It was on my Amazon wish list. He bought me my mechanical keyboard that I wanted. Ooh. Yes. And it lights up pretty colors. And, oh my god, it's like it's the whole rainbow of colors and I love it and I can program it and I can make it so there's no lights and then as I type like like lights flash across the keyboard or it can stay lit up or it can have it like it looks like the lights are breathing. I mean there's so many different like and I love the clickety clack. Oh my god, I love it so much. I'm like clack 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 <laughs> Like it just it feels so good. And I forgot how much mechanical keyboard, like how much I like mechanical keyboards, you know, since, you know, everything's, you know, how slim can you get it and stuff like that. And, you know, and I was like, oh, my God, this is it feels so good. So good. Now, to just, so. now mechanical keyboards are generally recommended for gaming. Mm, Do you see yeah. that from your use in it? Because I've never had one before. Oh, God. Yes. Oh, and that's one of the that's one of the functions is you can. Set it to light up just the gaming key, like the keys that you would that you can either program which keys you're going to use for gaming. So when you like do shortcuts and stuff like that, um, but it also like lights up, you know, W A S D, and then like the space bar, like the 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 standard gaming keys. It, I was like, oh my god, that's a feature, and then you can tweak it and be like, okay, so I also use one, two, three, four. So then as you're gaming. You're like you have like that um, that um, peripheral to be able to see the keys, like because they're lit up. I was like, that's amazing. But no, uh, I love mechanical keyboards for gaming. I don't think there's any other way to go. Well, it's appropriate that we do a shout out. What's the model? What's the brand? Uh, Fire Rose. Fire Rose. Fire Rose. Yes, MK3 is what I got. Yeah, it's like a Chinese brand. So keep us posted on how good it is. Maybe we'll we'll recommend that out pretty strongly. I love it. I've had it like a couple of days now. I mean, it hasn't died or anything. And there's so many functions. Oh, and they give you, oh my God, they give you extra keys and extra lights and stuff. And all the tools to like lift off the key and change the light. And it's waterproof. I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> so I'm just saying. So yeah, far, waterproof is water resistant and waterproof is one of those things that it's a good feature in a mechanical keyboard because you don't have all that electronics underneath each key. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't have to worry about, you know. I have an Arvo gaming keyboard, a Rockat, and mm -hmm. I like it. It it has the kind of the the good feedback from the keys, but it's not a mechanical keyboard. Oh, gotcha. I don't know. I'm I'm super pleased with that. So that that's the first nerdiest thing that I was super 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 excited about. Oh, and I took it to work, so I use it at work. <laughs> Gaming at work, but I type so much at work that I was like, I want to be able to use this like every single day. Um, and like people pass my cube and they're like, that is the most awesome keyboard I've ever seen. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> so. But besides my keyboard, um, I found out my friend Stephanie had never seen From Dusk Till Dawn. And I felt that it was super imperative that she see it because it's such a great and classic movie. So uh, I bought it and made her watch it last night. Her and her boyfriend Nick came over and I made her watch it and she loved oh, it. Oh, as you should. Yes. You got to yes. love the... Quentin Tarantino, Robert Rodriguez mashup. Oh my God. It was, it like, like I, you love the movie and you just watch it over and over, but there were there's so many good lines that I don't want to say I forgot about, but like weren't like fresh, fresh in my mind until like we're watching it. <laughs> like, I don't believe in vampires, but uh, I think everybody can agree that we're dealing with vampires. 
<laughs> have you seen this show? No, no, I haven't seen it. It's good. It's got um one of our favorite nerd icons in it. Um um oh god, I can't think of his name. Um Jake Busey. Who's that? Jake Busey played the serial killer in The Frighteners. Oh, okay. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, he plays um, Sex Machine. Does he? Oh, oh, I love this. That's such good. That Sex Machine dies in the movie. Well, there's a few characters that die in the movie that they, they deepen a little bit in the show. Oh, okay. Like, um, um, what's um, what are the Gecko Brothers' names? Uh, oh my god. The, the Quentin Tarantino Gecko Brothers stays alive longer and he stays a vampire longer and they deepen the story quite a bit. Oh, okay. Um, it's basically like if you turn the movie into a very long form movie and you keep characters alive longer to give them more character development. Okay. I mean, that's fair. That's fair. But like, like at the end, like I totally forgot when she was like, hey... Do you need some company? And he's like, I might be a bastard, but I'm not a fucking bastard. <laughs> I was like, I don't even forget this. I don't get it. <laughs> oh. But no, so I made her watch the movie and she loved it. And it was great. And then she told me she hadn't seen Reservoir Dogs. So I was like, well, I guess that's next Friday. So, <laughs> so we're going to watch Reservoir Dogs next Friday. Um and Natural Born Killers. She had never seen Natural Born Killers either. And I was like, man. Like, or Tank Girl. And I'm like, what? how have you never seen Oh, my God. I need to show Tank Girl to, to Heather. I haven't seen Tank Girl in a long time. And you know it's one of my favorites. Yes, it's so good. So, uh, it just appears like Friday night's going to be movie night for a while. Until we can catch her up on things that she needs to have seen. Um and then my final thing, um, so I was super, 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 super excited about um, about uh, the new Fallout 76. Um, and it was like a couple weeks ago, like four weeks ago when they like announced it and everything and they did the pre-orders. Oh, I remember and they did that thing where they showed the bobblehead for like on the stream for like. 18 hours or something insane like that and mm -hmm. if you watched it there was like weird bobblehead interaction like they it would be still for like seven hours but then then it would like lay down and go to sleep <laughs> and then like another part yeah then like another bobblehead would come out and put a blanket on him oh how funny no um so when they announced the pre-orders i was like that's what i want for my birthday and christmas like, that's what I want. Because I didn't just want the pre-order game. I wanted the Power Armor Edition. <laughs> so, uh, Chris let me order it. So, I ordered the Power Armor Edition. So, when it releases in November, I will get a Power Armor helmet. I will get a glow-in-the-dark map of um, the Virginia Wasteland. And um, the game, I have access to the beta. So when the beta comes out, I get I have the codes, I get to play the beta. So I'm like super, super excited about it. So being so excited about it, um, I went back and started um, watching some like Fallout 4 lore and stuff like that. Um, I mean, I've played the games, but you know, as somebody that really loves these kind of games, you're always wondering like, did you miss something? And uh, I'm a completionist, so I don't like to miss things. So, um, I went, I started watching these videos and then I was like, oh man, like I missed some stuff, like not a lot, but a couple things. And so I got back on the game <laughs> and went through and completed the few things that I hadn't done. And I just got stuck down this rabbit hole of Fallout videos. And then I went from Fallout 4 to Fallout 3 um, to Fallout New Vegas. Like it just, and then I realized I hadn't played New Vegas, Brian. I was thinking of, like, Fallout 2 and not New Vegas. Like, I don't know what I was thinking, but I realized I hadn't played New Vegas. I played 2, 3, somehow missed New Vegas, 4. So I got on the PlayStation Network because they have Fallout New Vegas on there, and I downloaded it, and I started playing New Vegas. Yeah, the 2 is still the top-down isometric style. Yes. 
and then three gets into the three D third person, mm-hmm. and then New Vegas is three D third person with new lore, mm-hmm. and then four is constructibles. That's like the main addition to the game, right? Yes, yes, that is the main addition to the game. Also, open world, or is Vegas and two and three open world? They're open world. It's just four is bigger open world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, much bigger. And then so. 76 is going to be a spinoff sort of like New Vegas, where it's going to use the same engine as 4? Yes. So that so 76 is going to be online. Uh, so MMO-like, like they're tweaking it so that it can still be Fallout, but you can play with your friends. Um, there's going to be PvP, but you have to be like a certain level, like or somebody within, within your level to be able to kill them. Like, you can't have, like, a, you know, level 60 killing, you know, level 1s as they, like, spawn or whatever. Um, you can only have a maximum of 35 people, I believe it is, on a server at a time so that it's not going to end up, like, a wow situation. Um, you can pick up and move your settlement. So you still have that construction aspect that so many people loved uh, in Fallout 4, me being one of them. I spent a ton of fucking time building up my cities. <laughs> um, but you can pack them up and move them. So, like, it's literally like you pack up your settlement in a suitcase and go wherever <laughs> you're wanting to go and set your settlement down. So, All I right. think that's really neat. All right. I figured out our audio problem. I think I know what's going on. What? Um, your microphone is having a problem with peaking. So whenever you get just a little teeny tiny bit loud, it breaks up. So listeners, if you hear distortion when Erica um, laughs or talks loudly, it just has to do with the fault in her microphone. Sorry. Is this better? I put my mic up away we'll from my face. We'll see. You sound fine. Okay. Okay. So, uh, yeah. So there, so it's going to be online and it's going to be, you, you get to play with other people. Um, you're going to have storylines. They're talking about storylines. Uh, so there's no human NPCs, which I'm not sure how I feel about. Um, oh, that's weird for a Fallout game. It's really weird, but they're, so like the, this Fallout is supposed to happen like 20 years after the bombs drop. So like there's, nobody left in the area or something like I, they haven't quite fleshed it all out, but they're saying there's going to be no human NPCs. So all the humans that are there is you and the other players basically. Um, yeah. So I, I'm not sure about that aspect, but I'm a huge fan of the fallout franchise. I'm a huge fan of the dystopian gameplay. Um, I think Fallout 4 is one of my favorite Fallouts. I mean, it, I think it is my favorite Fallout. I mean, I love 3. Don't get me wrong. I love 3. It was the first of its kind. It was super engaging. I feel like adding the construction element was a lot. Like, it really fleshed out the rest of the game for me. So, very happy with Fallout 4. And I'm excited to see what's going to happen with 76. And, um, yeah, that that's it. That's it. That was a long way to get to. I pre-ordered a game and started playing all the old games because, you know, that's what I do. What about you, Brian? What was nerdy with you this week? As usual, my list isn't hardly as long as yours. I mean, gosh, you're you're freaking married with with kid with two kids and and a job. I'm unemployed with a fiance and I do less nerdy stuff than you. <laughs> um <laughs> I guess. I don't know. It's, go ahead. Well, the, the, the first thing I did is what inspired the topic for today's episode. Um, last Saturday, I went to a work party um, with Heather. We went to her work party. And, um, you know, it was just meeting everybody and being nice and um, meeting people from the work. It was a party for her department and the HR department. So it was finance and HR. Mm-hmm. So not a lot of talk about work, but it was a cool party. Like they did this thing where... Um, they did painting lessons where they brought out a painting instructor and everybody had a canvas. Oh, okay. And Heather and I shared a canvas and we, we painted this landscape and it came out really good. Oh. I will attest that she did all the work. <laughs> and she laughed at me heartily every time I touched paint to canvas. Why did she um, laugh at you? Oh, because there was this part where we were supposed to add highlights and 
my highlights were big giant globs of paint on the canvas and she couldn't help herself. Okay. Um, and they did, they, it was, it was really neat how they had the party set up. So they did the painting and then they had a, they had a bar, they had an open bar and they had this big giant buffet and the eight, the, the assistant to the, um, human resources director was super cool. And yeah. Oh, to the CFO, the, the assistant to the CFO um, ordered us vegan gluten-free food from Red Robin. And oh, when wow. Red Robin when Red Robin screwed us up and sent me a burger covered in in fried onion strips that had breading all over them, she drove all the way out to Red Robin and got and got um and got it replaced. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. Um and then they did yard games, like they had um ladder ball and bocce ball. And um, um, foosball. I played some bocce ball. And the people who hosted the party did dog agility as a hobby. And they compete in dog agility competitions. And they did a dog agility demonstration. Okay. Big like just nerdy, dogs doing like tricks? Like agility, where they, they walk the dog through a course. Like they had a whole course laid out. And the dog like goes under things and jumps over things and climbs up ladders and stuff. Okay. You've never seen agility before? Yeah, no, I have. I get it. Yeah. Like where they're just jumped like yeah, like dog They lead tricks. the dog and the dog goes through a course. And I, I actually did that before. I had a dog that I was training to do agility. Was it Jackie? It was Ladybug. Oh yes, that's right, Ladybug. Oh Yeah. Little Chihuahua. She was good at it. We took Sassy too. Yeah? Who did surprisingly well because Sassy was motivated to do anything for little pieces of hot dog. <laughs> oh, Sassy. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, um, and um, but the big event of the night was well. Then they <laughs> let me share first. After the agility, they did a pinata, and the pinata was filled with candy and booze, like little tiny bottles of booze. Like little tiny bottles of booze. That's fantastic. That's that's the best pinata. That's a good work party, yeah. Um, but then they had karaoke set up, and. Ooh. Karaoke at a work party is kind of interesting because they're like, who wants to sing? And nobody stands up. <laughs> gotcha. Except and Ryan. The guy, they did, the guy they had doing karaoke, him and his wife are insane about karaoke. And like have, and they, he's not a karaoke DJ. He just sets up a laptop with a PA system and just does karaoke. And him and his wife, for fun, just do karaoke at home. Okay. And it was basically just YouTube on a thing with a uh -huh. karaoke system. And um, I was the, other than the karaoke DJ, I was the first person to do a song. Um, myself and one of Heather's coworkers, Emily, sang Barbie Girl. Guess which part I sang? Ooh, the girl part. Yep. <laughs> oh, that's great. I and, love that. Um, then it turned into a combination of me doing karaoke with other people. One person would do a song and then I would go up and sing a song and then, and then I would end up doing a duet with someone and then I'd do another song and then the karaoke DJ would do a song and then I would do another song. And then it turned into me and the karaoke DJ just trading back and forth until they closed out the party. Wow. I've never been anywhere where I got to sing more than like three times. And the karaoke DJ's wife was like, we have to get your number so we can hang out. Oh, <laughs> that's awesome. How nice. You made so, friends. Yeah, we're all going to go to Voice Box sometime. Is that a local karaoke place? That's like karaoke booth where you're, you, you go with a group of friends and you're like locked in a box and you, you sing karaoke. I've done it before. I did it with the, with the podcast crew, minus you, because yeah. you're far away. Yeah. Not because we didn't want you there. Because I you would know. have been awesome. I love karaoke. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. It was it was like a really good karaoke party and apparently I impressed the people that Heather works with and it was it was really cool. Awesome. And the 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 CFO asked for my resume, so maybe that leads to something, hopefully. Really? Yeah. So like you may be getting a job. Yay. Yay. Yeah, I, I had, uh, I mean, other things I did this week that weren't really, I, 
you know what? I could probably make them nerdy just because of how I handled them. Like I went to, um, I had an interview with a recruiter, mm-hmm. um, but I turned the job down. What was it? It was a um, technical support for a um, a technical support for a software company that makes educational um, uh, um, like standardized testing software. Okay. And it was um, it was um, at the shifts were between four a.m. and six a.m. in the morning, and it was downtown, and they don't pay for parking. Hmm. And no, the pay, that doesn't sound good. The pay wasn't high enough to justify it. And then there were a few little things like they um it was ch- it was a chain to a desk job and mm-hmm. I'm used to having boots on the ground. I'm used to running around and fixing computer problems. I mean, I'm cool with taking phone calls, but just being in a call center taking phone calls all day seemed like hell. Um yeah. and then on top of it, the straw that broke the camel's back was that it's a fun team-oriented company. And they wanted people who would be, who would embrace the team and be willing to do things, be friends with their coworkers and do things after work. And there are a lot of like things in that that I don't like. Um, one, I don't drink. Mm-hmm. And we all know that most work activities revolve around drinking. Um, yeah. And then two, um, I tend to be the kind of coworker that goes to work. I'm friendly to my coworkers. I'm you know, nice guy, do my work, work with my coworkers. I take my lunch by myself. I keep it to myself. And then at the end of the day, I go home. Yeah. So it that yeah, just it was, doesn't sound like it would have worked for you. Yeah, it just it just didn't sound like a good idea. No. Um, and then, you know, I um, I mean, I got my bike maintenance this week. I took it to the bike shop. I figured out that my bike fits in my car. Cool. So, um, oh, I watched the entirety of The Good Place. I don't know what that is. Um, it's a show about um, people who end up in the afterlife, and it it's a sitcom that focuses around moral and ethical implications. Okay. Yeah, it was really good. It stars Kristen Bell and Ted Danson. It's actually I been like on Kristen for two Bell. seasons. I watched both seasons. It was really good. Is that on yeah. like Netflix? Um, I watched the first season on Netflix and the second season on Hulu. Okay. But the first season is on Netflix. And then Heather and I watched half of it last night. Okay. The new one? Yep. Okay. That's a scary movie. I have to say, a lot less scary on a TV. Uh, I'm going to disagree with you about that. I think (laughs) it's still a little scary. I think it's uh, scarier than the first one, but I also, as much as I don't like clowns, I love Tim Curry, so, like, I could just, like, it was like the clown part melted away and it was just Tim Curry. So I wasn't really scared of it. But this one is fucking creepy as all fuck. So um, this isn't, you know, like a real nerdy thing. I mean, we're at 30 minute mark, but I, I want to close out with this. Um, um, Heather and I um, got our wedding rings. Aww. Yeah. And um, she wanted me to share because she thought it was really nerdy. Um, I did a little squee dance after we got them. And I made her do a squee dance. And she did it. <laughs> and she's blushing right now. Even though so this isn't live and it's recorded. Get? Huh? What did you get? Um, I got a stainless steel um, band. Um, what was it? Six millimeter? Yeah, five or six millimeter. Um, it is um, ridged and it's got like black going around the center. with, And it's got some texture to it so I could like play with it. Okay. All right. And Heather got a white gold um, 14 karat band with um, little diamond flowers going around it. She wants to wear it under her engagement ring. So she wanted something that would blend in and stand out at the same time. Oh, so pretty. And and I followed your advice. Oh, what did I say? We looked at the rings through a magnifier. Oh, yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, and I also thought that was a good idea because looking through in the magnifier gives you a better idea of how they'll come out in photos. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I guess, but mostly to make sure you're not getting ripped off. Um, did I tell you we got my um, the stone from my, my grandmother appraised? No. Yeah, apparently it's older than we thought. It's like 150 years old, and it was my great-great-great-grandmother's ring, not my great-great-grandmother's ring. Oh, okay. 
Okay. And it's not an African diamond. Okay. It's an Indian diamond. Because if apparently, it's that old, that makes the most sense. That's where diamonds came from back then. Yeah. If it's that old, yeah. And it's also a diamond from when diamond rings weren't trendy. Yeah, because that didn't start until like the early 1900s. Yeah. I, and I don't think it happened until like 1940 when De Beers monopolized diamonds and created the artificial scarcity. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's what's nerdy with us this week. We both win. Yeah. Oh, wow, I apologize for that distortion. That was bad. Oh, was it? Sorry. Yeah. Um, I yeah. Well, you can fix your you can fix your microphone somehow this week. I don't know how. I, and I don't have money to buy a new thing. So, I mean. We'll figure something out. Okay. Um, like, my microphone is all the way up by my eyebrow right now. Just saying. You sound fine. Other than when it gets a little loud, it just distorts. Do you think it's like a Skype thing? Like, can I turn my mic down in the Skype settings? Yeah, try it. You in the settings, video, microphone, blah, 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 blah. That was weird. What? You made like a wah-wah sound with your throat. <laughs> yeah, it's from the Emperor's New Groove. Like oh. when He's like sneaking across the wall and he's like, dun, 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 and he gets to the end and like somebody's walking past him. He's like, ah, ah, ah. you don't know. I haven't seen the movie since I saw it with you. <sighs> it's the best movie ever. <sighs> so did you turn it down? I'm trying to figure it out. I'm on the new Skype, not the old Skype. And yeah. it's like trying to figure this shit out. I know that there's a way to do it. Oh, is this it? That it? No, that did something else. Okay, maybe this is it. <laughs> You're a cartoon character, you know that? I am not. <laughs> so I'm going to start the intro while you're trying to figure it out. Um, yeah, sure. We are, we are, and you know, I had karaoke big deal in my nerdy thing this week, so we are going to make. Is this better? Yes, that is better. Is it? Until until it distorts when you talk loud, and I don't know what it's going to sound like. Talk loud. Okay. I just did. It sounds fine. It's not distorting. Are you sure? Yes. Can I keep doing this? Yeah, you're good. Okay. Okay. That Go was ahead. that was an interesting experience. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to talk about karaoke this morning. And I picked this specifically because, not just because I did it this week, because I do karaoke every week. Um, Erica and I are both. We both love karaoke. We both love to sing. We both love singing in public. And we love watching other people sing. Um, so what is karaoke? Um, actually, before I start giving like definitions and dictionary terms and stuff, why don't you give your your um, concept of what karaoke is? Uh, so karaoke to me is somebody singing um a popular song or not popular song, a mainstream, you know what I mean? Like it's been recorded and published, whatever. Um, and they make it like their own. Like to me, that's karaoke. Like you, you get to live and breathe the song that you're singing. You don't just sing it because it sounds that you can sound good. You sing it because you enjoy the song. It means something to you. And there's no vocal track. So it's just, it's just you projecting this song that you have a connection that's that's a good definition that explains your karaoke performances perfectly oh okay um i want to share with the listeners my i want to share with the listeners my opinion of erica singing karaoke um the first time i saw erica erica singing karaoke she sang erica singing karaoke is hard to say um (laughs) the first time i saw that um she was um, visiting from Ohio, and mm-hmm. we went to the karaoke bar I like um, back when I was living in California. And the first song she did was You Want to Know by Alanis Morissette. And she didn't look at the lyrics. <laughs> she, just, <laughs> she just went out there and sang the song. And I'm watching the lyrics go, and she's hitting the timing perfectly for each word. Aw, thanks. Yeah. No, it was weird because you were singing every single lyric perfectly. Aww. 
I'm like blessing. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and um, because of Erica's performances in certain songs, I've actually picked up some songs in my repertoire. Like I, I saw her sing "Like a Stone" by um, by um, Audio Slave, and I start singing that now. I, 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 because I didn't think I could sing that song before I saw Erica do it, and I was like, I could do that song. <laughs> Thanks. Set the bar. Uh, set the bar for you pretty low. There we go. <laughs> um, so karaoke is a Japanese invention. It means empty orchestra. Um, it is. It originally became popular because um, companies realized that they could do karaoke nights. They could go out with their employees because, you know, in Japan, that's usually how they do it. Like they everybody goes out after work and they went to they would karaoke became really popular because it allowed the managers and the employees to equally humiliate themselves in front of each other. It puts everyone on an equal playing field, and it got really popular because of that. Um, karaoke songs are instrumental versions of the songs with the lyrics over them that you can sing along with the song. Everybody knows that, so that's just the the definition. Um, so, like, the, the whole point of karaoke being created was for people to belittle themselves to, to feel like they're equal? Yeah, kind of. Mm-hmm. It was sort of like everybody goes up and just makes a fool of themselves. And that's one of the things where I go to a lot of karaoke bars now where it's like people who sing badly kind of get poo-pooed from going up. So it's terrible. And that's awful because karaoke should be one of those equalizer things that if you're going to go up and just sing and have fun, everyone should be positive. And I, I tend to pick the karaoke places I go to based on how positive they are. Yeah. If someone goes up and sings a song bad, whether it's by accident or on purpose, because I love it when that happens, um, <laughs> everyone should encourage them equally. It, it's it's just a really cool thing to be able to go. You just you you know you go up, you let loose, you let go of your anxiety, you let go of your inhibitions, and you just mm-hmm. sing a song. Um, it was invention invented by a Japanese musician named Daisuke Inoue in Kobe, Japan, in 1971. Although the audio company Clarion was the first commercial producer of the karaoke machine because Daisuke did not patent it. Oh, yeah, you yeah. hear that. Yeah, I mean, I get it, but yeah. That's so what is what is your relationship with karaoke? Uh, so I have always loved to sing like I was I've been in choir like, well, I was in choir, like, all through school. Like, I, I started choir, I think it was, like, second grade. And I, all the way through school. And um, once school ended, though, like, you couldn't, I mean, you, there was no, like, outlets for singing other than, like, you know, in your car. Like, there was no, like, like, I always just loved to perform, like, to give, you know, that, that emotion that you feel to people and um you know like i always love doing plays and singing and everything like that so once i was out of school it was like i have no outlet for this thing that i love to do and you know i'm not great i'm not awful like i'm very in the middle um but it doesn't mean like i don't want to you know share art and stuff with people and so um music has always been like super super close to my heart like every like the point of music to me is being able to express feelings and emotions that you know sometimes are really hard to put into words and sometimes singing about them you know is that's why we have musicals right it makes it easier and um so music is just you know really near and dear to me so it was a really great outlet like there was this thing that i could go do uh in front of people to share something that i love that it was okay if i sucked at it and um it was just like an outlet so that's what it that's what it is for me like it's just fun thing to go do i have to say karaoke for me i accidentally found out i was good at singing Um, (laughs) okay because I wasn't, you know, I had music classes when I was a kid because I, I went to school in New York when I was a kid. And, you know, we did choir because it was mandatory. But I never was really into it, never really thought I was good at singing. And then um, I would sing in church 
and um, all of a sudden everybody started complimenting me on how good I was. And I was Aww. like, oh, that's odd. Um, it, it always really surprised me. And I was, I was like, thank you. That, that's great. I like it. And I, I, I sang a bit in front of church. I did some, I did some praise leadership and I did some choir in church and everybody just kept piling on the compliments saying that my voice was really good. And then, um, so my best friend, Daniel Cross, um, the musician for this podcast, um, we would sing along in the car quite a bit and he would coach me through singing because he liked to make sure everything was perfect. Um, as Daniel does. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and um, started to find out I was good at singing popular songs, too. And um, I wanted to do karaoke for a really long time, and the stage fright got in the way. And then I finally just decided, you know, I'll go up and sing some songs badly. And then um, that turned into going up and starting to get compliments from singing karaoke. And then um, that turned into being really good at it. And it was, like, surprising. And it was, like, all of a sudden... I just have this great gift of a voice and I'm happy to have it. And it, and then doing karaoke often I stumbled into like, when I do karaoke, I have no anxiety and no fear and no bad feelings. It all goes away. It's sort of like jogging where okay. everything is left behind you as you move forward. And, um, so karaoke became this outlet for me where I could go and just let all the crap out and it would be gone and then I would feel better after and karaoke just became this place where if I'm feeling bad I can just go sing and then everything feels better again that's awesome so it has a real therapeutic effect on me um I I think uh, now I've done different kinds of karaoke like I've done karaoke by myself at home I've done karaoke isn't in, that just like when you sing well, karaoke at home would be, you know, you have the lyrics up, you have a karaoke version of a song up on like YouTube and you sing it. Oh. So like singing at home wouldn't be considered karaoke to me. But if I have or singing along to a song, I wouldn't consider that karaoke. But if I have a karaoke version of the song up and I'm singing along to it, that would be karaoke because karaoke has the instrumental version of the song, maybe with some backup singers. Yeah. But what if you're singing the song acapella? That's not karaoke. How, how is that not karaoke? You're singing because, the song. You're hearing karaoke, it in your head. Karaoke is specifically defined as singing to a lyric video with music that has the vocals removed. That's what if what, you know the lyrics? The, you don't need but that. But that's what the invention of karaoke was. That What you're saying is just singing, which is fine, but it's not karaoke. Whatever. <laughs> I feel like hearing the song in my head is just as good as hearing the song in real life. So if you're a savant like you that can hear the song in your head and see the lyrics on an imaginary video screen, then that's karaoke. Okay. Well, I don't see the lyrics. I just know the lyrics. Well, then it's not. That's terrible. <laughs> you just said that like you saw me sing a song without ever looking at the lyrics. So I, that wasn't karaoke that night. Yeah, but the lyric video was there. Mm, okay. And you were singing to the instrumental version of the song. The instrumental version I could hear in my head. Yeah. <laughs> okay, continue. Okay. For you, it is. For other people, no, it's not. <laughs> okay. Um... Do you like to sing in public? I like to sing anytime. Now, karaoke doesn't have to be in public. It can, there's, like I said, you can do it at home. There, there's these places called voice box and lyric box and stuff like that, where you go and you, you rent this room and you go with your friends or I've actually going to these places. I've seen people in those rooms by themselves, you know, people who want to practice. Um, and you get a little karaoke machine and you, you get a book and you can put in codes and do the songs. And I did that with Michael and Anthony and their, and a whole bunch of friends. And it was a blast. It was really cool to be just be able to do as many songs as you want. You only have to wait for your friends to sing and you don't have to be on like number 50 on a, on a list of singers waiting to sing. That's awesome. When was the last time you did karaoke? Uh, for my birthday. Uh, Friday the 13th of this month. Cool. Yeah. Uh, some of my friends came out and we went to... So we have a karaoke bar. They do karaoke every night. Oh, we went to it. Remember Soft Rock? Yeah. That place is great. 
Yeah, and everybody's like they have their regulars. Everybody they're super supportive. Like nobody's like an asshole or anything like that. And it's just and and the karaoke DJ guy is really nice and welcoming and yeah, so I went and uh, I got to sing two songs and it was fun. Now, I back in Hemet, I used to go to um um Rob Kelly's After 5, which used to have a, a great KJ named um, Steve-O, Stephen Eastman of Eastman Entertainment. He's in some place like Arkansas now or South Dakota. South Dakota? He's in South Dakota. Um, and um, so if you're in that area, look up Eastern Eastman Entertainment because he's really good. Um, and now that I'm in Milwaukee, Oregon, I go to a place called McQuillan's and they're great. They're great. It's, you know, never really crowded. Not a lot of le- not a lot of people to wait, but the everyone seems to be real into karaoke there and they do it three nights a week. So there's lots of opportunities to go. Um, so we talked about this a little bit before. Um, but does karaoke require skill? Um, I mean, you have to be able to read. Does that count? Yeah. Or I mean, I guess if you couldn't. You could memorize the song. Yes. Yeah. But you just said part of karaoke is seeing the, the lyrics. So I guess if the lyrics are playing, even if you can't read them. But, but you prove that you don't have to see them. Yeah, you don't. No. So, um, no, I don't think it really does. I think, I mean, there, there, there are two places for karaoke, in my opinion, like, I've never been to, like, one of those places where you have your own room like you had. But you can go to a place where everybody's really judgmental and are assholes. Um, or you can go to a place where everybody's really accepting and they understand that you're not getting... Like, I don't I don't get up and sing karaoke so that can, people can be like, Oh, man, you sound amazing. You should totally be, like, a per... You know, what... No, I get up there to express something, to share something. And that's why it's really important to to be in a welcoming place. And if you are in a welcoming place, no, it doesn't take any talent, you know, or or, you know, skill or whatever to sing, you know. I mean, I don't think it does. I mean, it's good if you can do timing. <laughs> But if you're tone deaf or, you know, whatever, I mean, it's it's there to to connect with other people. So, no, I don't think it takes skill. Um, now, what about stage fright? Do you ever have it? No, I don't know what it is. Yeah, it, I I get nervous. I mean, do you get nervous? Mm-mm. Yeah, I get a little nervous, but I mean, that's good for me. I like that. I, I like to feel a little bit of nerves and it, it helps me to perform better. I get a rush. Which some people think is ner- like nerves, but it's like I'm like just so pumped about being able to be up there and, you know, sing and, you know, like I get excited. But like I don't I the- don't know what like I think it's from years of being in choir and then plays and essentially just being me. You know, I don't I just say whatever it is I want to say. And I'm not I'm not concerned about other people's feedback. So the, it's hard to be frightened. The um, the environment really helps. Like it, it, like I perform differently in different karaoke places. Like if I'm in a voice box with friends, I ham it the hell up. Yeah. If I'm just in a regular bar, I tend to stand still and sing. Um, that can change depending on how pumped the audience is, or um, how much you've drank, or how many friends. Well, I don't drink when I I don't drink, so I, you know, well, I, not I perform anymore. sober. I perform sober. Not anymore. Yeah. I, I found But that, I've seen you drink quite a bit. Yeah. Well, my <laughs> early karaoke days involved alcohol. And I used to think, like, for a long time, I was really nervous about going back into karaoke sober. And I found that I perform better. Okay. I actually do a much better job sober than I did drunk. Um, I, um, I love places that have a stage. When they have a stage, I do a much bigger performance um i mean you saw that Mm -hmm. 
I remember I it, it was such a cool thing because I went up and did I did like um I did a toady song and somebody at, at the place we were at said you were like a rock star up there and I was like thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um so can karaoke be enjoyed if you're not singing? Yeah. I mean, I enjoy listening to other people. Uh, I I mean, I, I love hearing different voices and different takes on it. Like, okay, like back to like the Audio Slave song, right? So, I mean, traditionally, that's a guy singing, right? Um, but I feel like you you can change songs and you can make them your own depending, you know, on, you know, your own spin on like the song and stuff like that. Like having a girl sing a guy song or with you singing the Barbie song, you know, it's, it's, it can, it can be enjoyed. Um, and I love listening to people. I love hearing their versions of it. And some people try to make it sound exactly like, you know, whoever song it is and other people make it their own. And oh, I, I just decided what song we have to do together the next time we do karaoke. What? Jeremy. Ooh. In the 90s voice. I love it. That'll I be fun. He- Heather just groaned because she hates it when I sing that song in the 90s voice. Why? Oh, because the whole um, Jeremy spoke in class today line said in the 90s voice just makes her like it just grates on her like nails on a chalkboard. <laughs> How funny. Um, what songs do you consider hard to sing karaoke? Like, what are some that pop up into your head? Uh, there's so many songs that are really hard. So, for me, I have... I'm a second soprano. So, what that means is I don't have a very low register, and I don't have an extremely high register. I'm, like, very in the middle. You're right above alto. Yes. Right above alto, can't quite get as high as a soprano. So, um, so for me, there are songs that, you know, it's just, it's such a deep register that for, like, it's for me to hit the note, it's like I almost have to whisper, which isn't a very, <laughs> a very, uh, good thing when you're doing a live performance because, you know, people really aren't going to hear it, microphone or not. You know, a, there's, you know, there's no power behind a whisper, right? So, um, when, you know, being a 90s girl, uh, there are a lot of, uh, of songs like Tool. Oh, my God, like Tool. I can't sing that. You can sing it amazing. I can hear Aww. every single note, um, but I can't hit those notes. And for me to hit the notes, I have to move it up an octave. And when I move it up an octave then I can't hit the higher end of the notes that, you know, Maynard sings. So, I mean, it is just absolutely out of my register. Like, there's just no way for me to be able to sing it. But I love it so much. So, um, like, Maynard's really hard. Um, Bowie's really hard. Bowie's hard. Um, oh, God, Freddie Mercury <laughs> is really hard. Like, there's there's a lot of, like, songs that, you know, have these these amazing and magical and moving and powerful voices that it's just hard to sing. Cindy Lauper is really hard. Like you would never think, but if you really listen to like the tone of her songs, she, she's magical in the way she sings stuff. Like she doesn't even have a huge register. I mean, she's not Mariah Carey or or Whitney Houston or anything. She doesn't have like an eight octave register or, or anything of that nature. But like the way she utilizes her voice to change the timing in the song just makes things, I mean, it's what makes her, her songs unique. So, I mean, time after like time after time is, not as easy as people think, you know, it would be, or all through the night is a very hard song to sing. Uh, George Michael is hard. Like, uh, I mean, that man's voice, (laughs) that's a hard one too. So, I mean, it, it really just depends. There's not like one song that's hard for everybody. 
everybody has a different range in which they are capable of singing. That's why I love like when I hear songs that I know I could not sing. I absolutely know that I couldn't sing, but I love the song. But I hear these songs and I go, Brian could sing that. That's that is in his register. That is perfect. He could totally blow that out of the water. And then I send you the links and I'm like, you should sing this for karaoke. Well, like, you know. um, for me, I think of specific songs like um, I sing tool songs like I can do sober. I can do anima. Mm-hmm. I have not been able to pull off schism. Oh. I just, it's the timing more than the notes. It's, the it's timing very, on schism it's very, is really hard. It's very staccato. Yeah. Well, it's also, you know, they sing in that that weird time signature because Tool always does that weird off time signature. Yeah. So it's hard to predict where the note's going to be. You just have to practice the song. Mm-hmm. Um, I have trouble with because I'm um, between baritone and tenor. So I have trouble with things like um, some female singers like um, Four Non Blondes. What's up? I can sing that song by myself. But when I sing it in karaoke, I realize that when I sing that song by myself, I'm singing it off key. And when mm-hmm. I sing it in karaoke, trying to stay on key kills my voice. Yeah. Um, and I could probably get around it if I changed my volume and mic distance a little bit, like on the harder points, if I just went a little softer and just held the mic right up to my mouth. Um, I got that tip from a karaoke DJ who was saying, because he sings falsetto all the time, but he had a deep voice. And he yeah. said, he basically whispers the falsetto and just holds the mic in his mouth. <laughs> so we're going back to the whispering thing that I was talking about. Like, it's, it's hard to have that power when, when you're whispering. You, yeah, you, yeah. Can, you can do, like, he did the darkness. You know, the, the I believe in a thing called love, the darkness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did that falsetto perfectly. But he wow. told me that he was he was basically saying it as, as soft as possible and just holding the mic next to his mouth, like touching his mouth. Gotcha. That's crazy. Um, I um, I did add a new song that I had a little bit of trouble with the timing, but I think just a couple more times of practice should be fine. I did Royals by Lord. Oh, really? I would have loved yeah. to hear that. The track was bad. There was a lot of backup on the track, and I didn't like it. Like, there was so much backup on the track. So much backup oh, yeah? singing. Yeah, I wish there was another version of it that had much less background singing, because the background singing would totally throw me off. Mm. Um, I, I don't know if you've heard me do it, but I, I've, I've come to really like the range of the killers. The killers is fun. Oh, the killers is so, I love the killers. I haven't sung one of their songs in karaoke. I never even thought about it. Um, three Libras by perfect circle is one of those songs that I've done real well and badly. Yeah. Yeah. That's a hard song. Um, but I've done it good. I mean, it's just a tough the the timing's hard and the ranges are hard and what is it called when you change the note um when you change the note you like bend the note with your voice where you're you know like um the the national anthem what you always hear when they hold a note and then they change the note up and down oh the the shit um it's like where you reverberate yeah like like the cranberries yeah, yeah, yeah. It, like you're you're vibrating the note in your voice. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you're you're you know you'll you'll sing like seven notes on one syllable. Yes. Um, I'm actually Maynard pretty good does at that. that like crazy in three Libras. Yes. Yeah, he does. You know, every word has three notes. Every mm-hmm. word. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah. Um. What are some songs that grate on you when you hear people singing them in karaoke and that you just want to walk out of the room? Well, it's no secret I'm not a country fan. So, um, unless it's pop country. I can handle pop country. I can handle Taylor Swift, um, Shania Twain, uh, you know, stuff like that. Karaoke's Um, made me more of a country fan. It's actually branched me off into a lot more music. Like, I like hip-hop more than I used to because of karaoke. Um, Hip-hop is hard to do in karaoke, but, but there... I mean, geez, songs that I just get up and walk. Well, let me share mine. Um, Okay. Hotel California. Well, you hate the Eagles, and that's yeah, but it comes up once a night too, so it's awful. It's yeah, Hotel California. I have to leave the room. Well, that's not an easy song to to sing either. So, um, Bad Fish. Really? 
Well, you know, I hate Sublime. Yeah, I mean, but that's it's not true. just that. It's just overdone in karaoke. One person will do that song every single night. Mm. Um, and then um, Pictures, the Kid Rock duet. Oh, I do hate that one. It I got overplayed for me because you hear it every freaking karaoke night. Someone will ask the karaoke DJ to sing it with them. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, my God, I hate that song. Um, I, I think that's really it, though. I think that's like... Like nothing really bothers me other than those like three. Oh, low places. I don't like that one. See, I like the drinking songs. I like the country drinking songs. I love it when those come up. Like Red Dixie Cup. No, no. I maybe I just hate country a lot. So. Like I'll sing along to those. No, they're, they're fun. I like the country drinking songs. I, I especially like the like obscure ones that you've never heard before, and they're like funny as hell. They have like almost like comedy lyrics to them. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I don't know. I just, I can't, I'm not trying to be a hater on country. I'm really not. But I feel like every country song is like either like super sad or it's like really like everybody's drunk. Like, have you ever heard the country version of Gin and Juice by Snoop Dogg? No. Oh, you should look that up. Did I ever tell you I created a song for Rowan based on Gin and Juice? No. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I don't know why, but uh, we were like in the car on the way home from the hospital and gin and juice was like stuck in my head. And all of a sudden I'm like rolling down the street, cuddling mom, sipping on booby milk, laid back <laughs> with my mind on my nappy and my nappy on my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's great. <laughs> that's great. That's gonna I'm gonna be singing that all week. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry though. Country gin and juice. Go ahead. <laughs> um yeah, it's no, I, I don't know who did it. Um if you look it up, you'll see that it's they say it's done by Blues Traveler, but it's not Blues Traveler. Yeah. Do you like Blues Traveler? I do, yes. Because they're not I mean, they're kinda have a country like sound, but I'd say they're more southern. Yeah, but so do the Eagles, and I love the Eagles. Yeah, the, the Blues Travelers, like, um, you know what would be a great karaoke song to learn? Hmm. Hook. Oh, fuck. I mean, that'd be hard, but yeah. You'd have to practice that shit. Like, suck it in, suck it in, suck it in, like Rin Tin Tin and Amberlynn. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like the Bare Naked Ladies. Like, you you have to, like, practice. Oh, yeah. I, I, like, I have a friend, like, the karaoke DJ I used to, go to steve-o did um one week and he butchered the hell out of it but he did better than most people i've ever heard wow i've never heard anyone do it perfectly or or that's it's the end of the world as we know it oh my god talk about fast lyrics you know i i i have this like personal challenge because i've been trying to sing along to it i'd like to learn to do a fast rap just to be able to shock people and i it would take a lot of effort to learn one of them but I was kind of ambitious, and I thought it might be cool to learn Rap God. Okay. But I think Rap God might be a little bit aiming too high for me, because when he gets to the fast part, he's going 11 syllables per second. Yeah, and, you know, you have a lisp, so that would be really hard to do. <laughs> when, I sing, I don't, when I sing, I don't have it as badly. No, I mean, that's true. You don't, but it would, I mean, you'd have to really practice i i know two raps now i know um um the rapper's delight no i don't know rapper's delight um i know clint eastwood by the gorillas and i know um flowbots handlebars okay and i've done them both in karaoke that's nice i'm still working up the courage to sing a george michael song in karaoke so faith is kind of easy no, no. Um, one more try is the song. Oh, that's so. a hard song. It is, and I can I sing it all the time by myself in the house, and I can hit like all the notes, but it's not easy to do. So it's like ah, I don't know, because I don't want to butcher George Michael in front of people, because he's so iconic. I mean, was iconic. I mean, he's dead now, I guess. So it makes me sad. Well, we are officially out of time. We're going to have to do Movie Described Badly very quickly and then close oh. up. Okay, are you going to start then? Um, 
a um let me th- let me think real fast um a man um is a meth addict um but he plays the trumpet really well and it and it turns out that the entire thing is a plot to take out the the meth dealers that killed his family i don't know the Salton Sea with Val Kilmer. Never seen it. Oh, you have to see that. Your Never turn. seen it. Okay, my turn. Um, when all other uh, things fail, uh, a man tries to help a little girl who is seriously ill and uh, ends up destroying his own life and, and dying in the end, but saves the girl. Oh God, I have no no idea. The Exorcist. Oh my God. Oh, I would never have gotten that. That was well done. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So we um we're not gonna have any time for shout outs today. Um I yeah watch the Good Place. It's good. Okay. Um so um we talked about karaoke today and um Eric and I have a strong feeling about karaoke. Um, please share your thoughts about karaoke on the Facebook page. Um, we, you know, whether you do it or you don't do it or you or always want to do it. Or okay. Twitter. Yeah, at Nerdcast Radio. Um, I would love people to start tweeting me. I'm just saying. I'm not on Facebook. I can't do Facebook. There's too much, like, negativity on Facebook for me. But tweet at me. I would love to talk to people. At Kersey Smurferica. It's easy to find. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've been real active on Twitter lately. I'm always active on Twitter. And um, leave us an iTunes review because, you know, we could use that too. But we talked about karaoke today. We talked about how much we love it. You can tell we're both fanatics about it. And it it's a fun thing to do. So um, this was Super Vegan Brian. And I was joined by Chrissy Smurferka. Hi, guys. Stay nerdy. Stay informed. And stay awesome. Right. Um, Erica off. What am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to cut you off. Show. Will you be the podcast? Will you be the podcast?